So if you have not been here, our series is called More Than a Sunday. And Annalie has talked about how we should worship and make that more than just a Sunday. And how worship can look different than just worshiping up here on a stage on Sundays. And how worship comes in different shapes and different forms. And Riley also talked about how um, the importance of community and how God um, desires us to be in community. And we are actually called to be with communi- in community with each other. And so today, I'm going to wrap up the series with talking about the importance of reading the Bible and how it should be something that we do more than just on Sundays. Now, I want to ask you this question that has stuck with me, and that is, did you eat a year ago today? You can go ahead and raise your hand. But did you eat a year ago today? I don't see everyone's hands, and this is really worrying me. Not everyone ate a year ago today? Okay, well, that's concerning. But it's safe to assume most of us did eat a year ago today. Now, what if I were to ask you if you remember what you ate a year ago today? Do you think you would remember what you ate a year ago today? Probably not. I know I wouldn't. But what I know is that what I ate got me through that day. We don't eat today and expect to get through tomorrow without eating again tomorrow because the food we eat each day is meant to get us through that day. Imagine what our lives would look like if we only ate food once a week. Why do we think that is any different than meeting with God at church once a week? Which is why we need to make it daily. Maybe not. Okay. Think about how much stronger our relationship with God could be if we gave him more than just our Sundays. Joshua 1.8 says this. Okay. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. This verse commands us to meditate on the word day and night, not just on Sundays. It calls us to do, be careful to do according to all that is written in it, which points to the Bible's importance. Because how are we supposed to be careful to do what is written in it if we first do not make it daily? The discipline of reading our Bible is just as important as it is to eat every day, because God's word nourishes our heart and mind. We eat to live as much as we should read our Bible to live. It may not be memorable what you read, much like what you ate a year ago today, but it got you through that day. I feel like people romanticize reading the Bible. You see people post about you know, their Bible laying out with their coffee and their pens and their notebook, and they go to a coffee shop and they read the Bible for an hour. Sometimes that's not realistic. Sometimes we don't have that time to go to a coffee shop for an hour, and sometimes reading the Bible looks like pulling it out for 10 minutes in our day when we have time for it. And so it's not about the time that we spend, like how, you know, giving him an hour or 10 minutes, because God can work in whatever time that we honor him with. And even when we're disciplined in reading the Bible when we don't feel like it, we won't come out of it feeling empty or disappointed that we spend time reading and spending time with God. Now, there are a few problems I noticed with just giving God our Sundays. One, we become reliant on someone else for our time with God, which I'm going to talk about later. But secondly, we won't truly be able to know God if we just give him our Sundays and nothing else. Well, how do we truly know God? I believe that reading our Bible, God's Word, is one of the most important steps in knowing who God is. The scriptures point to God like it says in John 5.39, and they teach us more about him like in 1 John 4.8. It says, 
Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. And this is one of the many passages in the Bible that reveal to us more about who God is. The Gospels account Jesus' life, and they talk about how um, Jesus hung out with people who, in the, at the time, people didn't view as important or valuable. And that points to God's character. And the whole Bible is full of moments like that where God's character is revealed through his word. Another aspect to consider is how are we going to understand what God calls us to do in his word if we don't understand the why behind it. So I want to take us back to when we were younger. Think about the things that our parents told us to do or not to do. I know I remember most of the things my parents told me not to do over the things they told me to do. But I know that when I ask that question of what your parents called you to do or not to do, some come to your mind. And when I was thinking about this, a couple came to my mind, and that was to not run in the street, or to touch a stove. Now, sometimes our parents don't explain the reason why behind why we shouldn't do something. And so our curiosity will get the best of us, and we tend to want to find out for ourselves. And that has happened in my life with my dad. He would always make eggs in the morning, and I would just sit there and not help him because I didn't know how to use a stove. And I didn't know I shouldn't touch it. But he told me not to touch the stove. And so I have two voices fighting in my head. One says, your dad's telling you not to do something. You shouldn't do it. And then my other voice in my head is saying, well, maybe he's withholding something fun. Maybe it's fun to touch a stove. I should find out. And I did. And I found out that it was for my safety and for my good that I did not touch the stove. But I didn't understand why I shouldn't. And when we don't know the reason why behind God commanding us to do something, it won't be important and it won't be valuable to us. But when we understand that it's for our safety and we understand him and what he calls us to do and that it's for our safety and for our good, it'll become more important and more valuable to us and we will want to follow him and do the things that he calls us to do. And the why is revealed in who God is, which we learn by reading his word so that we can better shape our lives to reflect him. If we've only been giving God our Sundays, what steps are we supposed to take to make this change in deepening our relationship with him? Which brings me to my next point, to make it your own. Our relationship with God is meant to be personal. It's not meant for other people to do for us. It is a choice that we need to make on our own. And I found myself reliant on my parents when it came to my relationship with God. When I was younger, they would always remind me to read my Bible, to pray. And when that reminder is there, you tend to lean on that reminder over doing it on your own accord. And they'd also remind me and get us up to go to church. Now, we were always late to church, and we still are late to church, but we got there. And it was because it was important to my parents, so it became important to me. But at some point, it needs to be come important for you. We have to switch that mindset of having it being important to us because of our parents to having it be important because that's something that we want to do to grow our relationship with God. And it's good to have those people in our lives. Riley talked about how it's important to have community. It's important to have those people to encourage us in our walk with God. But it becomes a problem when we start to rely on them for the basics in growing our relationship with God. He's given us the gift of fellowship, like community groups, youth group like tonight. But our only time spent with God and his word shouldn't be limited to the time that we're in fellowship with others. We should be pursuing him on our own outside of those areas. But how do we know if we're becoming dependent on the people around us in that area? 
And to that I would ask, are we spending time with God in his word or other things to deepen our relationship with him outside of those areas like community groups, growth groups, and church and youth group? Because it's important to have this foundation of having your faith be your own before you go off into the real world. It's important to start now instead of pushing it off until you're not home with your parents anymore. John 5.39 through 40, actually I can't find that, okay, says this. Okay. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. The scriptures point to him, and growing closer to him and reading his word is a choice that we need to make for ourselves and on our own. It needs to be a choice we make on our own and not rely on others to make for us. Now, this has been especially true and relevant to me in my life because as a senior going off to college in the fall, with all the talk of college, there's a lot of questions, a lot of concerns that I have. You know, we're getting stuff ready, like getting things for my dorm room, and we have to talk about what college I'm going to go to, which is a big decision that I need to make. And there's going to be a lot of decisions that I'm going to have to make on my own, but I have this peace in my heart knowing that I have my faith being my own. I have that foundation before going off into the real world and into this new chapter of my life. And it's important that you don't wait to make your faith your own. 1 John 2, 4-6 through six says this. I want to make sure everyone has the, that one before. Okay. All right. It says... Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. The emphasis on reading God's word is prevalent through this passage, because how are we going to know his words and what he calls us to do if we first do not read it for ourselves? And it's by this that we know we are in him. And if we abide in him, we must also walk in the same way in which he walked. But how are we going to know what that looks like if we first don't examine his example that is in his word? Now, making our faith personal is more than just for ourselves. Think about the people that you're going to encounter and the people that you're going to meet in the world. They're going to ask us about our faith. They're going to ask us about the hope that's in us. And we have to be able to tell them why we believe what we believe. It's important to have this faith be your own before we go off into the real world. And it prepares our hearts and our lives for the purpose that God has for us, what he calls us to do. And that brings us to 1 Peter 3.15, which words it perfectly. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. By choosing to make our faith our own and pursuing God as an individual, we're doing it for the people we may encounter, but also for ourselves. And they may ask us about God, and that's why it's important for us to have our faith be our own and know God's word so that we can share it with them. Now, what are we supposed to do with all of this? I talked about how it's important to make it daily and how it's important to have your faith be your own, but how do we apply that in our lives? And that brings me to making it real. So 
Does anyone here still make New Year's resolutions? Or is that just like an older thing? Okay. Do you have one that you want to share with everybody? No one? Okay, go ahead. Oh my gosh, I saw that. That was... Was that this year or another year? Anyone else? Any? Okay, throw out some common ones. Go ahead. That's good. See, it ties in with what I'm saying. Anyone else? Go ahead. Read your Bible every day. That's a good one. Go for it. Screen time? Oh. You don't want to look at my screen time if you look at my phone. There's a lot of common ones that people have, but I feel that most of the time they fall through. But why is that? I know I've made goals to drink more water. That never works out. I need to drink more water. I'm still working on it. And there's sometimes, there was a couple years that I said I was going to read my Bible more. And one year I said I was going to read the whole Bible in a year. Don't ask me about that. Didn't work out. But that's because these goals didn't go just beyond an idea. It's important because true transformation comes from putting our goals into actions. It's much like someone who says they want to eat healthy this coming year, but they never make a plan on what that realistically looks like in their lives. They don't plan what foods they're going to eat, what foods they need to avoid, what foods they already eat they need to cut out, how much water intake they need to have, how often they need to work out. They don't plan these things out, and so it falls through which is why it's important for us to create action steps for reading our Bible and making it a daily part of our lives. Now, there's many different methods out there for helping you with turning your goals and making action steps for them and to help you in the process of making this a real thing in your life. But today, we're going to look at the SMART goal method and how that can apply in making the Bible a daily part of your lives. Now, there's some other ones on the Internet. One was really fun. It was called Whoop, but we went with the SMART goal method. And the SMART goal method stands for specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. Like I mentioned with the person who's trying to eat healthy, we must be specific with what that looks like in our own lives. You could read, you could say you want to read this many books of the Bible in a year, or whatever that looks like for you. Now, as we walk through these steps, I'm going to show you, I think that's the next slide, yeah, this is my book, which I also brought with me, but if you can't see, it's on the screen. Now, believe it or not, I made this before I saw the SMART goal method, and then I was like, wow, it really applies to the SMART goal method. So that's why we brought it today. But you have to be specific with your goals. And so I made it a goal to read 33 books of the Bible this year. Now, we also must measure this goal and how we're going to measure our progress. So I have the notebook to measure my progress in reading the Bible. I've read five so far. We're working on Galatians. But you have to be able to measure your progress. Now, it's also important to make this goal achievable. You don't have to go big or go home and say you're going to read the whole Bible in a year if that's not realistic for your life. So, like I said, I decided to read 33 books of the Bible because I decided that that's something that's achievable for me. Now, let me see. Is it up there? Okay. Next, we need to make this goal realistic. It may not be realistic to say you're going to read for an hour every single day, because 
Life happens. You get busy. You're not going to read the Bible for an hour every single day. So you may be reading 30 minutes this day or 5 to 10 minutes this day, and that's okay. And that's why I've only made it a goal to read the Bible every day. I don't set a time limit on it because then I know if I don't read for an hour, I'm going to feel defeated like, oh, I didn't read for an hour, but you still read the Bible. So as you can see, there's already some days that are left blank. And that's because, you know, things happen. And I want to encourage you that that's okay, that I feel people um, don't follow through with their goals because they fail, they fail, they fail, and they think they're too far to get back on track. So they just drop the goal altogether. So I want to encourage you to keep pushing through your goals and keep pursuing God and keep um, getting in his word and growing closer to him. Lastly, we need to make this goal time-bound by setting a time on when we want to accomplish this goal by, mine obviously being the end of the year. But if we don't set a specific time to finish this goal by, we're going to procrastinate. We're not going to be motivated to accomplish this goal. It's much like, I know I'm homeschooled, but it's much like a teacher who puts deadlines on assignments. They say, this is the time that you need to turn it in by. Are you going to turn it in? Yeah, because you want a good grade. But what if your teacher said, listen, actually, you don't have to turn it in on a specific time, just as long as you turn all your assignments in by the end of the year. Are you going to be motivated to do your assignments early? If you say you are, that's not true, because things will happen, and then you know your friends will want to hang out, and that's going to take priority over your assignment, which is why, which is why it's important to make this goal time-bound, because if we don't, we're going to procrastinate. Now, for those people who may or may not have read the whole Bible, or if you do read the whole Bible, it's not, it doesn't stop there. Just because you read the whole Bible doesn't mean there's not something inside God's Word that you can't still learn. It's much like when we read a book multiple times, or watch a movie multiple times. I know we watch our favorite movies over and over and over, but you learn new things. You see different things and notice different things that you didn't before. You see things from a new perspective. And when we read the Bible, even read the same verse different times, God reveals different things to us through that. And so it's important that we don't just stop. And it's like Pastor Rick said this morning, we don't graduate from the gospel. We're always growing in our relationship with God, and it's important to continue to pursue him and read our Bibles. And it's not about the amount of time that we have to give God, but that we honor him with the time we have. Because he gave us time. He gave us the breath in our lungs. He gave us life. So why not honor him and give that back to him by giving him the time that we have and honoring him with that by growing deeper in him and our relationship with him? And now reading the Bible is just one of the many ways that you can grow deeper in your relationship with God, but it's just about honoring him with the time that we have. Now, 2 Timothy 3 16 through 17 says, I gotta pull it up. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, I believe that this is an important reminder that the Bible is breathed out and it's inspired by God, and its purpose is to teach us what is right and to correct our wrongs. And so that we can be equipped for what God calls us to do. It's important for us to dive deep into his word so that we can be equipped for what he calls us to do in life. Now, as I mentioned earlier, this is about making it a daily necessity. 
which, much like eating, is something we do daily because it's important for our health, reading God's word is important for our spiritual health and for our spiritual walk with him. And with that, I would like to pray for us. Dear God, thank you for just bringing us here tonight, Lord. Thank you for giving me the ability to speak, Lord. I thank you for everything that you've done in all of our lives, Lord. And I pray that what we've learned these past three weeks about worship and about community and about diving deeper into your word, Lord, I pray that it goes beyond just a Sunday, Lord. I pray that what we learn through this time and we actually apply it to our lives, Lord. I pray that we take it beyond just Sundays and we apply it and then glorify you with what happens after that. In Jesus' name, amen.